We are continuing our series this week, and it's a, a series from James, and we're calling it Faith That Works. And I have um, construction stuff here because my first job, my first real big person job was working construction at my dad's company. And um, it was very entertaining. Um, I want to share with you a story. Um, it was my brother's birthday, so it was June 22nd. My parents had my family coming over, my grandparents and all that. We were going to have a family meal. And I was driving a flatbed truck loaded down with bales of hay. Okay? At this time, I could not even lift up one of the full-size bale of hay to put on there. So I'm just driving the truck mainly because I don't have a DUI on my record, and I could drive it. The others could not. So I'm driving the truck. It has no sides. There was a, a guy behind me in a, a pickup truck, and he says, you know what? I'll follow behind you, and if any fall off, I'll just pick them up and throw them in my truck. Well, the little speedometer does not work on this flatbed truck that I'm driving. We're not talking about high-quality equipment here, okay? And so I'm driving, and it just says 30. So I just keep it at 30 and, and go. When actuality, I was probably going about 65, 70, fully loaded trailer, very high um, of hay. And I see one fall off on the other side because I have a rear view mirror on that, or a, you know, a side mirror on that side, but I don't have one on my side, so I can't see anything else. But apparently a bale of hay had fallen off and it hit another car. And I'm still driving 30 miles an hour into town to go and drop off this truck. Well, the truck behind me stops, and of course they give them my name. So at dinner that night, I drop the truck off, and we're at dinner. I get a phone, the phone rings, and I go and answer it. That's when people still had house phones, you know, where it's not on, okay, anyway. Um, so I go and pick up the house phone, and I answer the phone. They're like, I need to speak to Stephanie McGinn. Yeah, that was my maiden name. And so I'm like, this is she? And they're like, we need you to come down to the police station. We have a warrant out for your arrest. Okay. Um, I was 18, and I started bawling, going, Daddy, fix this. And sometimes in my life, he said something at one point that really made me, he goes, Stephanie, you got to realize that when you're working, you got to take responsibility for your actions. And that really hit me. So I was like, does that mean I'm going by myself to jail? And of course not. He went down, and we took care of it. And as long as the company agreed to play for the insurance to fix her, the damages to the woman's car, that everything was going to be all right. So it's no longer my record, so don't run a background check. I'm, I'm still able to drive. But when we're working, that really stuck with me. We have to take responsibility for our actions. And I want to share that with us today in light of, of this scripture. When we're living, we have to take responsibility for our actions, for what we see and what we do. So our scripture this morning comes from James chapter 2. And it's going to be up on the screen. It's also in your bulletins. It's also in your Bibles. I promise it's there. Um, if you want to turn to your Bibles, James chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, my brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, here, have a seat here, please. While to the one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. 
Have you not made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? He goes on to say, listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised for those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Forever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters? If you say you have faith, but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I, by my works, will show you my faith. This is God's word for us today. As we hear and, and meditate upon this scripture, I pray that, that God would allow you to hear this. It may be in a, in a new light, in a new way. It kind of comes pretty big and hits pretty hard about favoritism, Right? Say someone comes in and, and is wearing gold and, and jewels and you can see that bling, right? You take notice of these things. Come, sit with me, talk with me. What do you do? How can I benefit from what you got? But then another person comes in and at this point we call them the smelly kid in class, right? The one that maybe doesn't have everything put together, the one that maybe struggles to make ends meet. And we say, no, you, you go stand over there. The scripture goes even further, and James says, to sit at my feet, almost as though a beggar, sit at my feet. The scripture is, is telling us very clearly that God has, has the chosen, and it tells us not the poor of the world, he's chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith. But you know, sometimes, and, and sometimes we approach our faith, we approach what God tells us, the scriptures, almost like a buffet, right? I love buffets. I think it shows. I love you can get whatever you want, you know? Uh, is there, is it not there? Oh no, it's okay, don't worry about it. So imagine a buffet, right? You've all been there. If you've been to RJ's, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. 
It's got everything. There are multiple lines. There, you can now go and get your steak cooked how you want. They have the Mongolian little thing. All kinds of stuff to whatever you want. And if you don't want vegetables, guess what? They've got four kinds of meat that you can put on your plate, right? A lot of times we treat our faith like that buffet line. We take and we consume and, and we accept and we acknowledge what we like. But, you know, I don't, I don't always want those Brussels sprouts. What is this about thou shalt not covet? Yeah, some of these things that I, I like my, my, my nine commandments or maybe my eight commandments, but not the full ten. Can I, just, can I take my eight and, and accept it that way? You see, we live in a world, we, we live in a society that, that, that tells us that to go and, and to make the most of life, enjoy life to the fullest. But yet we don't accept responsibility for those actions. This is my life. This is the way that I'm living my life. What difference does it make to other people? But you realize that there is a world around us is yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people probably across the street that may have never experienced a church service. There are children in our school systems today that wonder what they're going to eat that night. You see, and we live in our bubble. We live in our little eight commandments, whatever the laws that we like, the buffet table of the world that we can take and pick and choose. And that's what we focus in on, me, my, myself. But we live in a world with other people. We live in a world with the poor, with the outcast of society. And this scripture, I think, very clearly is calling us out of that realm of my personal little comfortable bubble. My shoes that fit, my bed that's comfy, the food that I want to eat. And he's calling us out of that to quit experiencing the favoritism and to see the people of God all as made in the image of God. Whatever color their skin, whatever socioeconomic background they find themselves in, or the place they find themselves in today. James is speaking very clearly for us to reach out to this world. We have organizations in this church that do that. Our, our, our missionaries who are sitting right over there, to the Dominican Republic, they, they do this. They go to the DR. We have a group that, that goes to Haiti and offers medical help. And if you look at each of these flags, these are places we've been in service just in this church. But there's more that we can be doing. God's calling us out of this comfortable place. He's calling us maybe out of Statesboro. He's calling us out of our jobs, our, our focus to look and to listen to the Spirit of God leading in us. I told Jared just a minute ago, you know, I really don't like the Holy Spirit at times. Because the sermon that I have prepared is not what's coming out right now. So I'm going ahead and say I'm sorry. But I believe that God is working in us. That God wants to challenge us each and every day. I love the last part of this scripture. 
And this is where it gets a little iffy about the, the doing, the going and doing. Scripture says, if you have faith but do not have works, what good is it? Can faith save you? Well, that's what we believe, right? All I have to do is say, Lord, you are my Savior. I believe in you. You are my King. You reign over me. Forgive me of my sins and lead me. But see, that's the part where we stop. We say, forgive me of my sins, but then we have to turn. We have to repent. We have to move in the direction that God is calling us, which involves us to change the way we see and do and live life. We have to take responsibility for our actions. How are you serving? How are you giving of your time and your talents, your gifts? How are you sharing the very word that God has placed in your heart? Maybe I should change that up. How are you judging others? How are you saying, I can't believe they wore that without knowing their situation? God calls us out of this self living, self-centeredness, for us to be God-centered, to focus on what he's doing in our lives. You see, our Lord and Savior is, is very clearly teaching and inspiring us. And I believe that in this time, in this place, we need to hear what God is saying. And I want you to think about maybe two questions. What people do you choose to love? What people in this world? Is it the people that are like you? That dress like you? Talk like you? Or what ethics do you choose to obey? What part of this ethical dilemma are you battling? How are you reaching out? In this place. You see, here in this church, we would love to connect in ministry together. We are better together. We can, we can come together and, and share one another's burdens and to pray for one another and to lift one another up. But it doesn't stop with just one another. We then turn with the strength and the support of each other to go and do. To move beyond ourselves and to truly live in this world. We titled this, this series, Bill and I, and talking is Living with the Poor. Because we don't want to just put them at our feet and say, stay there. We don't want people to be below us. But as God speaks to you, I pray that, that you would lift everyone up as equals. That you would look and you would see people as made in the very image of God. And then you would take that step of faith, that bold, it is not easy, but that bold step of faith to go beyond and to say, God, here I am. How do you want to use me in this conversation? That could happen in the classrooms. 
whether you're six or 86. That could happen in the workplace. God, show me those who are struggling. And you know, in your workplace, you may all be kind of socioeconomically in the same situation of life. That doesn't mean that they're not struggling with the ways of the world, or ways that you can help and guide. Maybe in your social circles, the people you talk with, the people that you enjoy having life together with. One of my favorite things about college was, was our um, BYOB event that happened every Tuesday night, and it wasn't what you're thinking. We brought our own beef, okay? And we would get together every Tuesday and we would cook our meat however we wanted to do it. And some people would have vegetables, but we like meat four ways on our plates, you know, the buffet style. And then we would sit together and just live life. Of course, there was a television show that we liked and we kind of centered it around that. But, but we laughed and lived with each other. And that allowed us to move beyond that time. Move beyond just that meeting on Tuesday nights to a regular time in our world and our life where we could call and connect with one another. I knew when my friends were struggling. I could see it on their faces. I knew when I was putting them below me, saying they'll get over it. But in this time, in this place, God is calling us to, to live with each other. Share his love. To go and actually do work. Put your faith into action. And allow God's spirit to flow in this place. I had the blessing of meeting with a, um, a higher up over at Georgia Southern this past week. And, and she was so encouraging and affirming. And she said, you know what? A lot of stuff happened last year on this campus. I think you're aware of most of that. Some of the stuff we're not. But she said, I believe that there are forces that are trying to push, push faith away. But I believe right here and right now that there could be an awakening. There can be a change in the campus at Georgia Southern. 20,000 students are across the street. But you know there are People that direction, too, that are hurting. And there are people all across the world that can use you. So I pray that you would listen to the call of God in your life. Where is he convicting you, challenging you, of telling you to go and to serve? Will you join me as we pray? God, right now we know that that you're teaching us. It, it's hard at times to hear, to come out of ourselves, to come out of our, our comfort zones, God, because, Lord, one, it's comfortable. We like what we have. We don't want to be interrupted from family dinner. But, God, we know that, that you are calling us to hear your word to move beyond the favoritism, move beyond the, the calling of how we can pick and choose which parts of the law of your love that you want us to lead. But God, we know that you are touching us now. 
Speak into our hearts. Give us the words to say, the steps to take, and the life to live that you are calling us to. We thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So just as I like days, one of the things that I always like more than anything is family meals. Going home and eating with mom and dad. And for some reason, mom and dad always made me clean my plate. You can't pick and choose. Everything is for us to live and to do. So let us serve God.